Ladies and gentlemen, during the next 30 minutes, you will hear transcribed Carl Sandberg, Noel Coward, Andre Castellanitz, Basil Rathbone, Gene Hamilton and his family, Ogden Nash, Edna St. Vincent Millay, Deems Taylor, Sir Lawrence Olivier, the Fred Waring Glee Club, and Miss Agnes Moorhead, as we bring you Anthology 1954. at this time, the National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with the Poetry Center of the Young Men and Young Women's Hebrew Association in New York, brings you Anthology, a selection of readings from poets, past and present, and the music to accompany their poetry. This week, an affectionate journey into the past, as we turn back the pages of time to bring you excerpts from the pages of Anthology for the year 1954. Anthology 1954, a proper noun and four digits, which can roughly be translated into 48 programs, 24 hours of broadcast time. However, we of Anthology think of that proper noun in the year 1954 in a much more personal manner. To be perfectly honest, we approach this series with a slight feeling of skepticism. A poetry program? Nothing but poetry? Well, we'll try... And so we embarked on our initial effort on Sunday, February 28, 1954. The rest of the story is familiar to everyone. Anthology has grown to become a weekly institution with many of you, a weekly work of love for all of us connected with the program. Today, we'd like to look back through our first year on the air and play some of the highlights of 1954, which you have enjoyed. Since Anthology was broadcast in the New York area only for the first six months, this will also give our network listeners a chance to hear some of the material which we've covered. And so, the date is February 28, 1954. This was the first voice heard on Anthology's first program. The peace of great doors be for you. Wait at the knobs, at the panel oblongs. Wait for the great hinges. The peace of great churches be for you, where the players of loft pipe organs practice old lovely frags. Yes, it was the resonant singing voice of Carl Sandberg which lifted the radio curtain on anthology. And by way of contrast on that same program, we listened to a thoroughly delightful version of Camille Saint-Saëns' Carnival of the Animals, played by André Castellanitz and his orchestra, with new verses written by Ogden Nash, spoken with his usual crisp relish by Noel Coward. For example, on the subject of kangaroos, the Messrs. Nash and Coward had this to say. The kangaroo can jump incredible. He has to jump because he's edible. 
I could not eat a kangaroo, but many fine Australians do. Those with cookbooks, as well as boomerangs, prefer him in tasty kangaroo meringues. incidentally, can be heard in its entirety on a Columbia LP. Since many letters which we receive are concerned with the source of the material heard on anthology, we're going to identify each one for you today as it's played. So before we go any further, our anthology theme is called Hard Work and Horseplay, and it's part of Richard Rogers' score for Victory at Sea, obtainable on an RCA Victor LP. Much of the poetry to which we've listened during Anthology 1954 can be classified as American standards, poems known by young and old. Basil Rathbone has recently recorded a beautiful album for Cadman Records, a series of selections from the writings of Edgar Allan Poe. The poem we chose for Anthology, and which many of you have asked to hear again, is Mr. Rathbone's interpretation of Annabel Lee. It was many and many a year ago in a kingdom by the sea, that a maiden there lived whom you may know by the name of Annabel Lee. And this maiden she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. I was a child and she was a child in this kingdom by the sea, but we loved with a love that was more than love, I and my Annabel Lee, with a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. And this was the reason that long ago in this kingdom by the sea, the wind blew out of a cloud, chilling my beautiful Annabel Lee, so that our high-born kinsman came and bore her away from me to shut her up in a sepulcher in this kingdom by the sea. The angels, not half so happy in heaven, went envying her and me. Yes, that was the reason as all men know in this kingdom by the sea. But the wind came out of the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabelle Lee. But our love, it was stronger by far than the love of those who were older than we, of many far wiser than we. And neither the angels in heaven above, nor the demons down under the sea can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. For the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabel Lee. And the stars never rise, but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabel Lee. And so all the night tide, I lie down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride. In the sepulcher there by the sea, in her tomb, by the sounding sea. Basil Rathbone reading Annabel Lee by Edgar Allan Poe. 
one of the Cadman series of poetic readings which should be in every record collector's library. Of course, from time to time during the year, we've departed from the field of commercial records to tape interviews with famous poets or friends of ours we knew you'd like. One week, when we were discussing children's poetry, we visited NBC's very genial announcer, Gene Hamilton, at his home and recorded this delightful series of family recitations, starting with Gene's two-year-old daughter, Susie, and ending with a grave warning from his eldest son, Jeff. Papa Gino acted as master of ceremonies. And now, here is Susie. I want to go on the lake and the sailfish today. Can I get down there? I'm shy to now, Brucey, do it. All right, here is Brucey. I'm the welcome when the way, when the flying fishes play, when the dawn comes up like Sunday, I'll shine across the bay. Well, they're all going to be singers, I guess, instead of poets. And here's Bob. I like short poems. This one is called Dopes. Frogs hop, birds fly. Clocks stop, men die. Water's wet, fire's hot. Hens set, things rot. People drink, one hopes. Some think, others, dopes. And now, here's Jeff. If your nose is close to the grindstone roof, and you hold it down there long enough, in time you'll say there's no such thing as brooks that babble and birds that sing. These three will all your world compose. Just you, the stone, and your silly old nose. Since the premise of this series is to bring you renowned poets reading from their own works, suppose we listen to a cross-section of some of the men and women who have been heard on Anthology 1954. In each case, as promised, we'll identify the source of the material. Carl Sandberg, who opened our series, has recorded an album for Decca Records called Sandberg Reads Sandberg. And here is his poem for you. The peace of great doors be for you. Wait at the knobs, at the panel oblongs. Wait for the great hinges. The peace of great churches be for you. Where the players of loft pipe organs practice old lovely fragments alone. The peace of great books be for you. Stains of pressed clover leaves on pages. Bleach of the light of years held in leather. The peace of great prairies be for you. Listen among wind players in cornfields. The wind learning over its old music. The peace of great seas be for you. Wait on a hook of land. A rock footing for you. Wait in the salt wash. The peace of great mountains be for you. The sleep and the eyesight of eagles. Sheet mist shadows and the long look across. The peace of great hearts be for you. The valves of the blood of the sun. Pumps of the strongest wants we cry. And the peace of great silhouettes be for you. Shadow dancers alive in your blood now. Alive and crying 
Let us out. Let us out. The peace of great changes be for you. Whisper, O oh beginners in the hills. Tumble, O oh cubs. Tomorrow belongs to you. The peace of great loves be for you. Rain, soak these roots. Wind, shatter the dry rot. Fires of sunlight, grips of the earth. Hug these. The peace of great ghosts be for you. Phantoms of night gray eyes. Ready to go to the fog star dumps, to the fire white doors. Yes, the peace of great phantoms be for you. Phantom iron men, mothers of bronze, keepers of the lean, clean breeds. Since we mentioned Ogden Nash earlier, you can hear a wonderful collection of his poems read in that urbane Nash manner on a Cadman album called Ogden Nash Reads Ogden Nash. When we played the album on anthology, we had many requests for a repeat performance of Mr. Nash reading his poem, Bankers Are Just Like Anybody Else Except Richer. This is a song to celebrate banks because they are full of money and you go into them and all you hear is clinks and clanks. Or maybe a sound like the wind in the trees on the hills, which is the rustling of the thousand-dollar bills. Most bankers dwell in marble halls, which they get to dwell in because they encourage deposits and discourage withdrawals. And particularly because they all observe one rule which woe betides the banker who fails to heed it, which is you must never lend any money to anybody unless they don't need it. I know you, you cautious conservative banks... If people are worried about their rent, it is your duty to deny them the loan of one nickel. They are obviously cranks. Yes, if they request $50 to pay for a baby, you must look at them like Tarzan looking at an uppity ape in the jungle. And tell them what do they think a bank is anyhow. They had better go get the money from their wife's aunt or uncle. But suppose people come in and they have a million, and they want another million to pile on top of it. Why, you brim with the milk of human kindness, and you urge them to accept every drop of it. And you lend them the million, so then they have two million. And this gives them the idea that they would be better off with four. So they already have two million as security, so you have no hesitation in lending them two more. And all the vice presidents nod their heads in rhythm. And the only question asked is, do the borrowers want the money sent, or do they want to take it with them? But please do not think that I'm not fond of banks, because I think they deserve our appreciation and thanks. Because they perform a valuable public service in eliminating the jackasses who go around saying that health and happiness are everything and money isn't essential. Because as soon as they have to borrow some unimportant money to maintain their health and happiness, they starve to death. So they can't go around anymore sneering at good old money, which is nothing short of providential. Ogden Nash, reading from his own works on a Cadman LP. And here on a recently reissued RCA Victor album is the voice of the late Edna St. Vincent Millay. Miss Millay reads her sonnet... Sorrowful dreams. Sorrowful dreams remembered after waking, shadow with dolor all the candid day. Even as I read, the silly tears outbreaking splash on my hands and shut the page away. Grief at the root, a dark and secret dolor, harder to bear than wind and weather grief, clutching the rose. Draining its cheek of color, drying the bud 
curling the opened leaf. Deep is the pond, although the edge be shallow, frank in the sun, revealing fish and stone, climbing ashore to turtle heads and mallow. Black at the center beats a heart unknown. Desolate dreams pursue me out of sleep. Weeping, I wake. Waking, I weep. I weep. By way of a footnote on Miss Millay and her sonnets, Deems Taylor was a guest on Anthology just after the publication by Random House of the poet's final collection, Mine the Harvest. We asked about Miss Millay's sonnets at the time, and Mr. Taylor said... To many people, Edna Millay was the greatest writer of sonnets since John Keats. Certainly any reading of her poetry must include at least one of them. Here's one that might well be her last will and testament. If I die solvent, die, that is to say, in full possession of my critical mind, not having cast to keep the wolves at bay in this dark wood till all be flung behind wit, courage, honor, pride, oblivion of the red eyeball and the yellow tooth, nor sweat, nor howl, nor break into a run when loping death's upon me in hot sooth. T'will be that in my honored hands I bear what's under no condition to be spilled till my blood spills and hardens in the air. An earthen grail, a humble vessel filled to its low brim with water from that brink where Shakespeare, Keats, and Chaucer learned to drink. summer, in keeping with the Stratford-on-Avon Festival, the annual production of Hamlet in Denmark, and the many Shakespearean productions which were being presented at home and abroad, Anthology devoted four weeks to the works of the Bard. We covered every phase from the Shakespearean sonnets to excerpts from such productions as the Mercury Theater version of Julius Caesar, starring Orson Welles. We heard Alec Guinness as Macbeth with members of the Old Vic Company, John Barrymore as Richard III, E.H. Southern and Julia Marlowe in Romeo and Juliet. Morris Evans in Richard II. And of course, one of the highlights was an RCA Victor album of scenes from Sir Lawrence Olivier's production of Hamlet, recorded directly from the soundtrack of the prize-winning film. But wait, look you now, my Lord Hamlet approaches. It is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them to die to sleep no more and by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. It is a consummation devoutly to be wished, 
of office, and the spurns that patient merit of the unworthy takes, when he himself might his quietus make with a bare bodkin. Who would fardels bear to grunt and sweat under a weary life, but that the dread of something after death? The undiscovered country from whose bourne no traveler returns puzzles the will and makes us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others that we know not of. Thus conscience doth make cowards of us all. And thus the native hue of resolution is sicklied o'er with the pale cast of thought. And enterprises of great pith and moment. With this regard, their currents turn awry and lose the name of action. It has been a standing anthology custom to celebrate American holidays with appropriate American poems. Since we've left the New Year celebrations behind, our next holiday will be Lincoln's birthday on February 12th. And so we thought perhaps we'd close Anthology 1954 with the poem and star with which we celebrated the great emancipator's birthday last year. This was our Lincoln Salute, which includes the voices of the Fred Waring Glee Club, the Decca album entitled Our American Heritage, with Miss Agnes Moorhead. <laughs> The figure of Lincoln looms over the American landscape like a sky-searching mountain peak. It seems to have stood there since the beginning of time, and it is hard to realize that it is scarcely 100 years old. Here, truly, history has become the lengthened shadow of a man, a mortal man who has become an immortal legend. Those are Louis Untermeyer's comments on our 16th president. We find them a worthy addition to the vast library of prose and poetry which has been written about Abraham Lincoln. On the poetry side of the ledger, another worthy addition, Rosemary Benet's Nancy Hanks. On this recording, the brilliant American actress Agnes Moorhead portrays Lincoln's mother, 
returning to this earth a hundred years after her death. Here is a combination of pride and pathos which lends to the Lincoln legend a new and surprising beauty. Next week on Anthology, we'll listen to some of the world's great poems which have been set to music. Poems by William Blake, Rudyard Kipling, and Francois Villon. Anthology is brought to you, transcribed, in conjunction with the Poetry Center of the YM and YWHA in New York. This has been an NBC radio production, written and directed by Draper Lewis. May we take this opportunity of wishing you a very healthy, a very happy, and a very successful New Year. Until next week, this is Fleetwood saying goodbye for Anthology.
know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.